the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Spiritual warfare from the eyes of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6. Next on Times of Refreshing. Just as sports teams get together on any field and battle it out, so too, in a spiritual sense, we're called to battle it out and maintain territorial dominance, if you will. The question is, how do we do that as believers in Christ? Well, Paul has a few words for us here in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. And that is where we would invite you to join us. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Welcome to the program. Territorial dominance, that's what's ahead today on the broadcast. Join us. Here now is Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Ephesians chapter 6. Now this message that I'm going to preach right now is kind of confrontational. And, uh, and it, in the spirit, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to push something back. And so... Please be praying for me on this and, and, and just open your heart to receive, to receive this message. I want to talk to you this morning about territorial dominance. Territorial dominance. In Ephesians chapter 6, we see something here. Apostle Paul dealing with the church that was at Ephesus. He gave us some keys and insight into the spiritual realm and some of the stuff that goes on. I talked about this, some of this. Um, in, at, on Wednesday night Bible study, but I want to hit it real hard here. Some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes in our personal lives and then also over territories, okay? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The word wiles there, it means systematic forms of attack. Meaning the devil has a system in place designed to destroy human beings. And the wiles are, are, are the different forms of attack that he releases against us because he studies our lives. He finds out what we like, what we do not, not like. He understands our nature, our character. He understands where we've been raised, how we've been raised, things we've gone through. He watches things and then he systematically tries to break us down by way of temptation and then sometimes just attack to get us to buckle under the pressure. But how many believe that Jesus gives us the power to stand? Amen? And so this is something that we have to realize in, in, our, in our lives and, and, and understand that we're not on the earth alone, that there are spiritual beings and entities that are there to try to destroy us. And then obviously we have angels that are working on our behalf to lift us up lest we dash our foot against a stone and keep us and, and guard us and to protect us as we go forth. So we're not powerless, amen? He says here, Verse 11, but put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. This is key. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Princes that have territories that are assigned to them. 
against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Then he says against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. I'm going to read verse 12 one more time. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. So anywhere there's darkness, that the devil has the power to rule. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now when you're looking at wrestling, wrestling is one of the most intimate forms of combat. And I teach this often in the church because the devil, God has allowed the devil to get into a wrestling match with us. In fact, this is what he's telling the church. He's saying that you're wrestling against principalities and powers. The rulers of the darkness of this age, a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. That this is an intimate form of combat and the gain uh, and, the, and the, uh, the thing that we want to do is gain the advantage by taking position from the, from the enemy. By taking the position of the enemy in a territory or in a region. Okay, the position will, de- de- will determine the influence that you have in a territory. Okay, the position will de- determine the influence that you have. And so if we, can, if we can reposition the enemy, we can cause him to be moved off a certain, you know, plot of land, a, a position in our lives, in the lives of others, in territories and regions, then we can gain influence and God can use us to really impact the world the way that we should. Now, Satan has a, a hierarchy that's set up, and this is what we see here. Principalities, powers, uh, uh, wicked rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness. He has a satanic hierarchy. But God doesn't want us to be intimidated by this because the church is the answer to displace the enemy. And a lot of times when we look at the church, we think of it as just as a social club. Somewhere we come and hear a few songs and sing a few hymns and then go home and, and live the way that we want to do. But God said that, that he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against his church. That he would release something in the earth that would take ground from the enemy and displace the enemy and would begin to have influence in the culture in the world, in different regions and territories in the earth. And this is what we want to do. When God plants a church, his desire is to have the, for the church to have influence in the region. And this is what we want to do. We want to have influence and we want to dominate territories because we have been infused by the power of God. We have the presence, we have, the, we, we have been Sealed with the Holy Spirit, we have the blood of Jesus Christ, we have the armor of God, we have everything we need to be successful to take ground for God. And this is what we want to have. We want to look at it as, when I'm thinking about joining a church, when I'm thinking about being a part of a church, I am thinking about being a part of a living organism that has the power to push back darkness in a region and can release the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? This is what we want. We have to start thinking like this. We can't think. And this is why I say that the church is not a hospital for sinners. In my mind, it's not. It is a training and equipping center for saints. People come in the door, and you may be a sinner come in the door, but we're going to get you, but you're going to get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. 
delivered, empowered by God, and the same devil that destroy your, destroyed your life, now you're going to start whipping up on him a little bit. Amen? Come on, you better ask somebody. This is what's going down up in here, up in here. Because we want to see God move in this place. You see, I didn't get saved so I can be beat down for the rest of my life. And I didn't join a church so I can just be beat down. Hey, hey, somebody pray over me. Lay hands. Get me right. I'm ready to go for this thing. I'm tired of living like this. And so God, he joins you together with people who have this mentality. And so for us, we have to get it in our minds that God, we are going to be, we're going to be territorial. When it comes to, when it comes to the kingdom of God, we want to take ground Keep it, sustain it, and make sure that we, we're constantly displacing the enemy and pushing him back. We have to learn to go on the offensive. The church has been defensive so long that we think this thing, we got to learn to become offensive in our thinking, to attack. Whew. Well, I felt that right now. That we go on the attack mode, that we say, God, I'm going to, no, my family member will be saved. My coworker will be saved. My boss will be saved. My mother will be saved. My father will be saved. I'm going to go on the attack with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to have this mentality. And it all starts right here in our minds. Your, Your thinking changes. Sometimes we're so busy trying to doctor ourselves up that we don't stop. Let God finish his process and then realize that God, hey, I want to, God, get me right right now. So I can go on the attack. This is what we want to do. And so understanding all this is, is critical for the church. It's a, it's a new mentality. It's a mentality. And then God continually gives us victory as we make the decision to wrestle with the enemy, take ground, displace him, and then get influence. You gain influence through, through television. You can get influenced through radio. You get influenced through, you're, you're, you're constantly releasing what God has given you through, through, through media. You're doing it in any way you can to make, to make a point and to give op- opportunity to people, to give people an opportunity to, to accept so great a salvation. You want to take advantage of every outlet that God has given you as you follow his finger. And so this is what we want to do. Now, if we're going to do this, there are five things that I want to highlight that are critical for us. If we're really going to take ground and experience territorial dominance like we should. The first thing is found in St. John chapter 8. St. John chapter 8, and we're going to look at uh, about four verses here. And this is going to help us. We're going to look at verse 28 on down to 32. Look at this. God, you want us to dominate a territory and one of the weapons that you give us to dominate a territory is found right here. Listen to this. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And He who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please Him. And he spoke these words. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth 
shall make you free. If we're going to dominate a territory in a region using, you know, the various means that we have, television, radio, whatever it is, one of the things that we have to be mindful of is that the devil, the thing that he wants to do more than anything else is he wants to keep people from the truth and or suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And so truth is critical. It's so important that we, 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 we realize that there are absolutes according to the word of God. And that preaching the truth is, is, is imperative. It must, it must be done if we're going to see territories taken for God. That every person in this room, that we develop a passion and a love for the truth, and we develop a heart to not only love the truth, but to de- declare the truth, proclaim the truth, no matter what it costs us. Because it is the truth that is going to cause people to be made free. And so a lot of times when we talk to people about God, we, we have a tendency to shallow down, water down. We don't want to be offensive. We don't want to do, But sometimes the truth hurts. Amen? Sometimes it cuts you. Sometimes it doesn't feel very good. But the truth is the very thing that is needed to see people free. And so the devil, what he wants to do is that he wants to throw leaven. He wants to throw leaven in a person's message so that the message becomes tainted. It becomes watered down so that when people are receiving the message from God, it doesn't have the impact. God will only confirm that which is true. Amen. And so for us, we want to have a heart and a mind to say, Lord Jesus Christ, teach me the truth because I want to be free in my own life. And then teach me the truth so I can give it to other people so that they can experience the blessing that you've given me. And sometimes it, it, it's, it's, it's hard speaking the truth. Sometimes it doesn't feel good. But as long as we have the mentality that, God, I'm going to speak the truth in love, God will continue to back us up and confirm what we're saying. Anywhere that you have Anywhere that you have a lie, you have darkness. Anywhere that you have confusion, you have darkness. And the ruler, the the devil, he rules in the darkness of this age. He is the ruler of the darkness. So if he can keep a person blinded from the truth, he can keep them in darkness. And so for you and I, we want to say, God, I want to develop a love for the truth. And I want to display the truth, proclaim the truth, because I know truth is what's going to set people free. Now, initially, when you share the truth, you can have an experience where a person doesn't receive you up front. And this is big, because you can, sell, you can look somebody in the eye and tell them flat-footed the truth about something, and initially, they may not necessarily receive it. But the thing about God, when you release the truth, the Bible says that His Word will not return unto Him void. And so what that means is it will accomplish what it's sent out to accomplish. When, when the person leaves, the word stays with them. It's alive. It's active. It's moving. It's living. It's powerful. The word of God. When you're sharing the truth of the word of God, the truth, what it does is it bothers people. It's pesky. Amen. It won't let them go. And they may go away. I don't understand why he said that about me. That brother, I'm going to, oh, he better be happy. I'm saying because I would have hit that brother upside my And they, they start talking to themselves and everything. But then the truth just lingers there. It'll just stay with you. You're trying to do something bad. And the truth is just sitting there. Just, uh-huh. You, you, you sure you want to do that? The truth, the truth will, will follow a person home. See, God's not going to confirm our lie. 
He's not going to confirm our compromise. The devil is not afraid of us telling a half-truth. The devil is not afraid of us telling a little bit of the truth. The devil gets upset when we're willing to stand flat-footed and say what God would say in that moment, no, no, no matter what the cost. It bothers him, and not only does it bother him, it causes, it, 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 what it does is it pushes him back off of people. And the truth, and this is what we want to do. We want to release truth because God will confirm it and it will hover in the atmosphere. It'll follow a person back to their home. And while they're trying to watch TV, it's still there. And as soon as they get to a place where they're quiet and they begin to think, they may be laying on their bed and all of a sudden what you said would just pop in their mind. Truth is powerful. And truth makes a person free. And this is what we want to do. We want to ask God to teach us how to be bearers of the truth, to be lovers of the truth, to be people who are filled with the truth of God and have a heart to be willing to say it in love, even though it may cost, even though it may cost in some cases. And so this is the first thing that we have to have if we're going to see territories established for God and the kingdom of God come and, and demons back off of, of, of regions. We have to be willing to stand and tell the truth no matter what individuals think. And, and this is big. And I want to say this. This is just coming to me right now. One of the things that will happen in our lives, we'll have a tendency to compromise the truth when we're walking in compromise. God just gave me that right there on the spot. We have a tendency to compromise the truth when we're walking in compromise. You see, because truth is light. When light comes, sometimes the light, so it, 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 light exposes or makes manifest the things of darkness. And if we have darkness in our own hearts, it's hard for us to stand up and tell somebody else about the truth. And so we want the light of God's word to shine on us. And we want to allow it to have its perfect work in our lives so that when we're standing up, there's nothing in us that would say, well, I don't want to talk about that subject because I'm still struggling there and that. And this is why a lot of preachers cannot stand up in the pulpit and preach against sin and a lot of other things because they still got stuff. Oh, oh. Because there's stuff going on in a person's life and they're not willing to stand up and allow God to shine the light on them to get it out so they can stand up in the pulpit and preach about stuff knowing that they're not involved in it. And so we have to allow the light of God's word to come in truth to come to us, cleanse us, and, get, and, and then begin to share with people the truth of the word of God without compromise. Amen? This is the first thing that we're going to do so that God can continue to establish his work in the earth and we can displace powers, principalities, and, and, and these different beings that are trying to stop the move of God. We have to bear truth. And this is number one. The next is found in Acts chapter 16. We're going to look at verse 23 on down to 30. Paul and Silas have just been in prison for preaching the gospel. God uses them mightily, and they're in prison. They did not shrink back. They, 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 they bore the truth. They, uh, they upheld the truth. But there's something else we're going to need. And it's found here. Let's look here in verse 23. And when they had laid, them, laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison. Paul and Silas. Commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. 
But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises or hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prisons was shaken and immediately all the doors were open. Everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Amen. And so the next thing that we're going to need, if we're going to see principalities, powers, displaced in a territory, is we need prayer and sound praise and worship. Okay? Prayer and praise and worship. And this is important because these individuals were able to see someone come to Christ and, and were released from their captivity because they were willing to pray in the midst of opposition and praise in the midst of their opposition. And when we do this, it summons the presence of God. It, it, it calls it, and, and listen, God inhabits the praises of his people. And it welcomes the presence of God. It, it, it summons the angels. God releases something powerful when we begin to have a culture and an atmosphere filled with prayer and filled with the praises and worship of God. This is what we need if we're going to push back darkness. Many churches are good at singing songs, but they're not good at praising God. And so what we want to do in this church, we want to teach people how to praise God, how to worship God, and how to pray, how to be established in prayer. Because this pushes back darkness, and it doesn't just affect you. It affects people that are around you. This man was about to kill himself, but he was overtaken by, by the goodness of God and the power that he saw, and it, that came through these apostles' prayers and their worship before God. And this is what we want. People want to see us on fire. They want to come in the door and feel, see people who are really going after God. Sometimes we can become so dignified and our suit looks so nice that we don't want to lift our hands and shout a little bit. Amen? But I think we need to shout right now. Go ahead and just lift up your voice to God. Come on, this is, this is how we do this. Come on, shout unto God. Come on, let, let, let the world know that. Let the devil know we come to praise God. We didn't come here to look cute. Hey! We didn't come here to look cute. If you have to, let the bobby pin fly out. If you break a heel, you know what I'm saying? Drop your coat. Whatever you got to do. Because we have to learn to teach people how to praise God because this pushes back darkness. Okay, we're going to displace the enemy with the presence of God. And the way in which I get the presence of God, it starts off with praise and worship. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And of course we're praying. We got to learn to enter in to access him the right way. And it comes through praise and worship. These people were willing to do this. And it affected change in their situation. And it ultimately affected this man's life. And if we're going to displace principalities and powers. We have to create an, in, uh, an environment, an atmosphere filled with praise. Or shall we create an atmosphere filled with depression and discouragement? 
Come over to my church. We got some depression going on, girl. You're going to have a good time. Come on, I'm, I'm sad, but let me go in here and praise for a little while. It could be that this thing may lift off of me. Amen? And this is what he does. And so they come forth and they praise and they worship God and they pray. They are established in prayer, praise, and worship, and God responds to them because this is what we want. We want God's response in the house of God. We want God, when we go to do something, when we go to confront the enemy, when we go to see ground taken, we want God working with us. And he's going to work with us to the degree that we're willing to live a lifestyle of worship and have times of extended worship where we just invite the presence of God and we say, God, you're here, the devil has to go. I'm not trying to, hey, God, you're here, the devil has to go. Okay? And so this is number two. This is what we want. Number one, we want truth. If we're going to see this happen, we have to preach truth, live truth, proclaim the truth. And we have to be a, a church that says, God, we're willing to worship and praise you because we want to we create an atmosphere that it welcomes your presence and then pushes back darkness. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925 925- 292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.